because again, you don't want to be seen as a failure. You don't want to feel that deep embarrassment and shame. So when you think about decisions not to lose, that's those kinds of decisions. So you'll still be operating in your business, but it's so that you can not feel the pain of rejection and failure. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I'm Lauren Francois, human design, mindset, and money expert. I'm a mom of two, entrepreneur for the past nine years, and six-figure earner. I help you, successful, ambitious women, create more success and wealth with more ease by using my unique approach to get you to think and operate in a way that's in full alignment with who you truly are and what you deeply desire. If you're ready to dig into, understand, and remove the blocks that have been holding you back from catapulting yourself forward, you're in the right place. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. And I am very excited for the guest speaker that I have joining us today. Miss Kira is with us and she is a certified hypnotherapist that has been responsible for generating multi-millions, you guys, in new revenue and higher entrepreneurial fulfillment. So she specifically helps entrepreneurs effortlessly break through their upper limit plateaus to hit seven and eight figures through their mindset currency framework. And it's all based on neuroscience. So we're talking about high performers. We're talking about breaking through those subconscious beliefs that are creating that upper limit in that glass ceiling. And she uses hypnotherapy to do so. So Kira, welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. And as always, this topic is always very exciting to me. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to dive in because I have had a hypnotherapist on prior, but we have never really focused on what we're going to talk about today, which is really geared towards those subconscious beliefs that are specific to high performers and that are specific to really breaking through to that seven and eight figure level. And I know that that is your area of expertise. So I'm just going to hand the mic over to you and let you just share all of your knowledge and wisdom with us. Yay. Okay. I'm very excited. And as you mentioned, we're really focusing today on those upper limits. And when we think about upper limits, they're essentially this so-called glass ceiling that we create for ourselves where we kind of feel like, oh, like that feels a little outside of the realm of possibility. And the reality is that that's made up in our mind. So where does that actually come from? And what I've seen with the entrepreneurs that I work with, scaling to seven, eight, nine figures, all high performers, they've all generated some level of success, of course, right? And I'm sure many of you have as well on your journey. You hit a certain level of success, and then there's all these questions that may come in when you get there, right? And this is where the doubt starts to possibly creep in where you wonder, is it a fluke? Am I able to do this again, right? Uh, How did this happen? And the reason is because when we start hitting new levels of success, our identity hasn't quite caught up yet to the new reality. We're kind of like, you know, there's an old part of us that's like, 
did we just do that? But then there's a new part of us that says, yeah, we just did, right? And there's a little bit of a discrepancy, which is the subconscious gap. And before we dive into all of this good stuff, because there is going to be three major blocks that I commonly see across my clients that hold them back from really reaching their full potential. And I say like full potential in quotations, because we all know that we have more potential within us. And what does that actually mean? And how do we realize that? And we're going to dive into some of the strategies today. But before we dive into all of that, you know, we'll do a little recap on what hypnosis actually is, because <laughs> people typically think about, you know, the swinging clock watch or clucking like a chicken on stage. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think about high school. I think about those high really? school. I don't know. When I was in high school, we had these like assemblies and they would bring in like a stage hypnotist and people would volunteer to go up, you know, and they would hypnotize them and make them do all these crazy things. And then at the end, they would say things like, you are going to be super successful and you are never going to struggle with this and blah, blah, blah. And then they would wake them up. And so whatever, prior to knowing what hypnotherapy <laughs> was, whenever I would think about hypnosis, I would be like that, like that crazy yes. stage stuff. That's what I think of. <laughs> And that's super common and it is a real industry, right? Designed for entertainment. But when we're talking about hypnotherapy for high performance, for entrepreneurs, we're really looking at the transformative quality of reprogramming your mind. And what does that actually even mean, right? First off, you're, you're not going to be blacked out or made to do something against your will, nothing like that. Everything in hypnosis is designed to promote suggestions that are very positive and very empowering for your future, right? That's going to be in alignment with the goals that you want to create. So essentially you've all heard about limiting beliefs. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. Someone's better than me. All of that garbage. Limiting beliefs are learned from childhood, typically from the ages of zero to seven. During those formative years, we're operating in theta brainwave states, that's where you have a high level of creativity, new neural connections are being created. And again, where programs get created about love, success, money, pretty much everything that you believe about you and your world today. And essentially what you created drives your behavior. When we're in hypnosis, we are accessing those same theta brainwave states so that we can also reprogram your mind. Again, eliminating those learned limitations around money, success, love. And instead, replacing them as well with empowering beliefs that are very productive. And when you think about that, negative thoughts lead to negative feelings. When we're feeling negative, we don't want to take action. We want to lay back. We want to procrastinate. We overthink. We're feeling anxious. It's a very unproductive state. So if we can eliminate those states and get you to a natural way of having an inclination towards positivity, thinking great thoughts about yourself and really stemming from deep, empowering beliefs, then we're going to promote more positivity in the way that you feel. You're going to have more energy and you're going to naturally be able to execute and perform at a whole new level, right? So this is really the point of hypnosis when we're looking at performance, empowerment, and really getting you accelerating towards your goals. So leaving at that, we're going to now jump into those glass ceilings, right? What is really getting in the way of your next level? And when we think about glass ceilings and the next level, many of you know what you want to create. Okay. <laughs> you know, kind of that next big step, maybe it's a brand expansion. Maybe it's a new product launch or service launch. Maybe it is signing with a national brand, uh, a new collaboration, 
whatever it might be, in, even increasing your prices, right? Maybe it's shutting down this business and launching off into something completely different. But for some reason, you don't do it, right? You get lost in the menial tasks, you get really down into the busy work and you can feel yourself procrastinating, essentially self-sabotaging, like you aren't moving forward with what you need to do. This is when you know that you're hitting an upper limit, right? You know what to do, but you're not doing it, okay? <laughs> it's very frustrating. And I'm sure you see this with your clients too, Lauren, where you're like, they know what they need to do. They have all the strategies in place, but it's not about the strategy anymore. You know, at this level, you've generated success. Like many of my clients, they're always going to find another strategy. They're going to find another way out. They're, they're very smart individuals, but they don't take the action that they know that is going to take them to that next level, that big, scary next step. And the reason this happens is for three things. As you move towards more money, more visibility, more success, consciously, the 5% of our mind is like, yes, I want all of those things, of course. But the 95% of our mind that is subconscious, that again, holds our identity and our beliefs about money, success, and love, and essentially drives our behaviors, is saying no thanks. And it's saying no thanks for three reasons. Number one, there is a safety issue. Number two, there is a sacrifice issue. And number three, there is a self-worth issue. Mm -hmm. Safety is the most obvious, right? Uh, your subconscious brain is mind is designed to keep you safe. It has a job listing. It would be like, keep Lauren and Kira safe. <laughs> My only job. But the problem is sometimes what it thinks it's doing, keeping you safe, is actually very counterproductive to what it is that you want in life based on the programs designed from the ages of zero to seven. For example, if you think about money stories are the easiest ones to relate to. It's like, if you think about hearing, you know, money doesn't grow on trees or you have to work really hard and really like earn it, or you don't deserve it, or, you know, it's really hard to come by, or you have to struggle to like make it big. And all of these stories where like money is a struggle hardship. It's just kind of like painful and fearful, right? Or if you don't save, you're going to end up on the streets. Like all the emotions around money is very negative. So as we're trying to, you know, get to that next level of money, earn more money, there's these subconscious limiting beliefs around money that are rooted in negativity that actually hold us back from having more. Or you hear like, you know, you'll be changed, you'll be greedy, rich people always take from the poor. So like deep down, there's a big part of you that doesn't actually want wealth because you think you're going to become a bad person. And when we think about that, as we resort to safety, the only thing that we want in life is to be loved and to be accepted. Okay. Yes, we want all those other things, but deep down, the only reason we actually self-sabotage, we don't speak up, we don't take that next move. We just want to feel safe, love, and accepted. And so if anything's going to compromise that, we're not moving forward. So when we think about safety on like a really real world level, your mental health, your physical health, it might be on the fritz, especially as you scale to new levels, you're super busy. And also the fear that you might be different, especially if you didn't come from a lot and you're afraid to drive in with your Porsche and your family's like, who the heck does she think she is? You know, yeah. there are these fears <laughs> and you have so much fear around the judgment of your family because especially with family, they are the root of all of your traumas and subconscious blocks, right? So it's like extra triggering to be in that environment with there, especially as you're moving towards that new identity. The one that you're really meant to be. <laughs> Everyone, every the whole reason you're moving towards this next level of success. So that's number one safety. It's threatening your safety, even though you want more success, money, and visibility. The second thing, super common, is that the cost of success is just simply too high. 
you're already burnt out, you're losing the passion for what you're doing, you struggle to delegate because you don't really trust anyone to do it as good as you, but you also need to delegate because you can't keep it up. And, you know, when you logically think about it, if you have more success, you're going to have more of this garbage along with it. It's like, you're already at maximum capacity. How could you possibly take on more? There's also struggles with work-life balance. Uh, I see this in a lot of my clients where they're not spending as much time with their spouses or kids. And they're like, is this really worth it? Right. I would say most of my clients fall within this category. Mm -hmm. It's like a capacity Mm -hmm. thing. Yes. They're at, they feel like they're at their max capacity currently. So in order to create that next level of success, they have to go beyond that capacity, which means less time with their family, less time with their kids, And that's something that they're not willing to sacrifice. Yes. And, and like you said, it's, it's one of the most common ones that I see because the perceived sacrifice is too big, especially if you are super burnt out, you're wondering like, how how can I possibly move forward? And on top of that, there's this growing pressure and responsibility as you are responsible for a bigger team and their livelihood and sustaining a certain level of lifestyle for what you have created for yourself and your family. There's this invisible pressure uh, dealing with larger sums of money, six, seven, eight figure contracts. Your one decision could technically throw it all off, right? You could screw it all up. And there is that fear that comes along with it because the growing pressure and responsibility is too much in your mind currently, right? So again, this is where the mental work comes in. And then the last major upper limit that we're looking at is self-worth, which is, again, one of the major ones that I see even in the multimillionaire clients that I work with, where there's still imposter syndrome and self-doubt. And the reality is that this really will never go away, but how you manage it is going to make all the difference. Because when you think about going to the next level, of course, there's going to be a level of doubt and imposter syndrome because you've never been there before. (laughs) It's completely (laughs) normal and acceptable, but they have it in their mind. I've generated a certain level of success. Can I really get to that next level? Am I really that special? Was it a fluke? Am I going to be able to recreate it again? Is that really meant for me, right? And there's all this self-doubt and um, spiraling that happens in their brain where, again, they don't move forward on that next level execution. And you think that it would go away with more money, more success. But again, as they call it, I don't love this saying, but like new level, new devil, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Your limiting beliefs actually come back at the next level. But again, the way that you reprogram your mind is going to completely make or break how quickly you accelerate into that next level of success. And your brain's ability to manage this is going to be as a result of have you reprogrammed your mind so that it's designed to win. So Mm -hmm. those are like, that's kind of the recap on the three upper limits. You are speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here, you guys, you know, you can't see us on video, but I am like shaking my head at everything that you are saying, because I resonate with some of the things you're saying within my own journey. I know I've worked with so many women who have gone through something similar and 
you know, we talked about the sacrifice. I see that mm-hmm. showing up quite often, but also the self-worth. This one is yes. so huge. Like it is so big. And I know it it can be counterintuitive because when you're not at that level, you're like, how could you possibly, like, yes. how could you possibly create that much success and still doubt yourself and still not feel confident and still not feel worthy? Like how, right? And then you get there and you're like, yeah, it's possible. hundred percent. Like yes. I still feel it. And I know women who have created, you know, multi eight figures, like huge yes. sums of money. And they still have fears around these things. I know one woman that I I had as a mentor who's created, I don't even know at this point, $80 million worth of revenue or something like that within her business was like, my fear now is that I can't live up to the hype of the person that people believe that I am. Like I'm going to under deliver what their expectations are. Yes, this is a perfect segue. And before we dive into that, you know, the other aspect of why the self-worth component is so important is that this will hold you back from stepping into those bigger opportunities, right? That kind of next level contract price point, even like pitching yourself to really famous podcasters you just automatically assume it's not going to work. So you don't even put yourself out there, right? It's this internal dialogue where you never even create the opportunity. And without the creation of the opportunity, that leap cannot be met. So when we look at self-worth, it's so crucial because the more that you can get your energy behind the new identity, accepting failure and rejection, neutralizing it, normalizing it, again, that's a result of really great reprogramming is that you'll just create a huge surface area for luck because you'll put yourself out there in the wildest places and the wildest opportunities. And that's actually why many of my clients close the gap to what their five-year, 10-year plan is because they just go for like the nth thing and they land somewhere in the middle, right? Even closer than they could have ever imagined and getting closer to that almost impossible dream, right? So we We have to really get stretchy with what we think is possible. And sure, you might get rejected. It may not work the way that you thought, but the only way that it could possibly happen is like, well, what if it does work? Right. So, yeah, it's like, am I good enough? Am I good enough? I had a personal experience with this, with this podcast. Mm -hmm. As I started reaching out to certain people I wanted to have on as guests, there was a thought of like, what if this person says yes? Am I good enough to sit across from them and hold a conversation? That was an yes. actual thought that went through my head. Like, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? Am I knowledgeable enough to be able to lead a conversation with this person? And as I was thinking these things, I was like, whoa, <laughs> where did that one come from? But, yes. it is, it, you know, it, it you question your own abilities at that level. Yes. And to your point, it's like being held to the certain expectation and value, right? Like, can I deliver? Am I, is this conversation going to go well? Are they going to think that this was worthwhile, right? There's this question of value. And let's dive into the deeper mindset behind that and where it stems from. Why do we feel this? Because again, like the good enough, am I valuable enough? Where is this? Where does that actually come from? And why is this a problem, right? And when we think back to like childhood, we're going to go all the way back. 
society, your parents, everyone's doing the best they can. <laughs> but we learn that when we are getting straight A's, when we are being the most popular, we're being recognized for performing in competitive sports, whatever it might be. But when you are excelling, when you are performing, you are celebrated, you are seen, you're giving so much love and support. And as a child, you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I want more of this where do I get more? Let me let's just turn on the tap to this amazing feeling of love. And it's a good thing, right? So we think. And then when we're not performing, you know, especially as <laughs> someone who grew up with Asian immigrant parents, if I got a B, if I screwed up on the piano exam, like I got yelled at, right? It was very scary. <laughs> so much criticism, comparison to my sisters, to their friends' kids who were like perfect. And you learn that, okay, so like when I make mistakes, when I fail, I'm judged, I'm criticized, I'm compared. I feel really bad. Like there's fear and consequence. And it's kind of like the child touching a hot stove. You don't want to do it again right? And so we learn, okay, so when I'm perfect, when I'm in this box, when I'm doing what people want me to do, when I'm seen in a certain way by my uh, family and society, I get love and support and validation, all this good stuff that feels really safe to me. But if I do the other thing, mistakes, failure, it's the end of the world. So we go through life performing and seeking validation. We're constantly seeking approval. This is actually the only, there's two reasons why we experience a lot of anxiety and this like invisible pressure to like meet some sort of ridiculous expectation is this perfectionism quality, the not good enough, where we are constantly looking for the approval of others, which is why if you feel as though whether you have a good or bad month, it's going to send you into a spiral when someone, you know, you have a viral post or you don't, or a lot of these metrics of your success and money mean something about you determine how happy or unhappy you feel. This is a devalidation subconscious problem, right? And, or block, let's call it. And so that's why it never feels like enough, no matter how much success you create. You could be the most successful you've ever been. And you're still like seeking the next success milestone. You're jumping to the next because we only feel safe when we are performing. When we get validated, we kind of get that hit of dopamine. We're like, we're good here. The subconscious is like, we made it. And then suddenly you're like, oh, wait but I still feel the same like I did before. And if anything, possibly worse because the pressure to sustain this level of success now feels unbearable. And you keep moving, jumping, 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 which is why even some of my multimillionaire clients like literally have generated nine figures. It's like, it's not enough. And it's not a money problem. <laughs> it's a subconscious worth problem, right? So we need to go way more internal to reprogram this so that you can recognize and really detach from the identity of success, the identity of money, and it not meaning something about you, right? So this validation loop that we are almost memorized in doing is one of the essential things that we need to deprogram, unprogram, reprogram, however you want to call it, so that you can reach new levels of success. Because when we're in those states, we're in survival. We're like literally trying to seek to the next island of safety. And until we get there, there's anxiety, worry, overthinking, analysis, paralysis, because we're so afraid of making, again, we don't want to touch the hot oven, the pain and the failure. And we're trying to sidestep so we can like make the perfect move or we don't make the move at all so that we don't hit that pain and consequence. And when we can just get rid of all the survival, 
you can make a new choice from a sense of safety and clarity. And this goes in so many rabbit holes, but <laughs> our brain's capacity is very limited, right? We have 128 bits that we can process at any second of any day, and we're getting inundated with millions. So when our brain is constantly thinking about worry, all the ways it's not going to work out, all the fear, failure, avoiding it, like the worry programs, the overwhelm programs, the burnout, we have very little capacity for performance for really clear, concise, high level execution, focus, motivation, creativity. So when we clear all of that away with hypnosis, by reprogramming your mind, your natural baseline state is elevated, you're clear, calm. And again, you can be active in the present moment to make a really high quality empowered decision that is in response to your current environment that is going to have the greatest delta for your future. That is a little bit about why this work is so important, because we need to start looking at how do we get you into a state where you can be the most empowered and make choices that are designed for your future, that are designed for you to win, not for you to like be in defense, not to lose. Does that make sense? This sounds so amazing to me. <laughs> yes. Let's keep going, please. Mm -hmm. This sounds fantastic. Basically, just to tie up the survival states, the only reasons, and this is, you know, kind of one of the first milestones for my clients when they're starting to hit peak performance is that, and again, like, why do we care about peak performance? The reality is that as an entrepreneur at this level, the only things that you're really responsible for is high quality decision-making. The speed and quality in which you make decisions at this point is going to make all the difference. When we're getting lost, because the only thing we don't get back is time. You know, you all know at this level of success, you can generate more money. And so when we look at this level of performance, there's two things that need to be in place, right? So number one, we talked a little bit about this need for approval, right? There's only two reasons, again, on the flip side of why we have anxiety that impact our ability to perform. So number one is this need for approval. We're still seeking approval. We're so worried about what our clients will think. Are we delivering the value? Uh, will our clients be mad? Uh, will people see that next step I take and it fails? And then everyone's going to like see that they were right. And I feel so embarrassed. I still feel like I need to prove to my parents that like, see, I did do it, right? There's this like big proving energy. So a lot of the decisions you're making are again, so that you can prove your value, which you don't need to do. Okay. But again, it's that deep subconscious childhood need to get validation. So your decisions are not actually the decisions that are right for you and your future. The decisions are so that you can seek approval. Okay. So that you can be loved and accepted. Mm -hmm. The other side of things that is needs to be there is the ability to be present, right? And we're like, oh, it's so cheesy being present, right? But here's why that's important. When we are not present, when we're anxious, overwhelmed, worried, all of those things, all of those survival states that we don't want to be in. Again, those states, I think about even having an anxious thought, like you're immediately, your body's drained. You're like, I don't have energy to do anything. Okay? It's terrible. So when we think about being present or the lack thereof, when we're worrying about the future, about uncertainty, about how it might not go our way. What if it doesn't work? What if I mess it up? What if I lose everything? We're worrying about a future that has not happened. Okay. So it's not actually happening at all. It's not rooted in any reality. We're trying to 
predict the future, be a fortune teller. And none of us are that, right? We can be highly intuitive, but you don't know what's going to happen. So we're essentially worrying about something that is not real. Okay. Why do we do that? That's rooted based on our past, right? So we're a time that we failed, a time that we got rejected. It was very painful. Again, hand on the hot oven. We don't want to do it again. So we're projecting the future based on our past and the past is also done. Yes, we can have learnings and all those things, but like it's over. There's nothing we can do about it. So when we realize we don't need to think about the past and we don't really need to worry about the future. And the only moment we have is like this exact moment right here. This is the only moment that you can make a choice that is going to change your future. If we make a choice based on the worry about the future against survival or the pain of the past against survival, we're not making the highest level choice and decision for our future, which is very positive and productive. This is where we want to go. When we can get into a state of presence, that's when we're, again, the most calm, the most clear. And this is the only space in which we can, again, make the best, highest level quality decision for you and your future, for your business, for success, for love, whatever it might be. And the momentum of those decisions in that new elevated consciousness and state is what's going to change the trajectory of the success that you want to create in life. I love this because I have been talking about decision making mm-hmm. quite a lot recently. And I talk about it with regards to human design and how we are all meant to make decisions differently, but how when we tap into our authority within human design, that's how we best make decisions. And one of the things that I've been doing is helping women learn how to make the best decisions because we're often making decisions from a misaligned place. I I completely agree with you. Making aligned decisions, making the right decision can either propel you forward or it can sidetrack you so quickly down the wrong path that can take up so much time, right? If you're making misaligned decisions, you're going off in tangent directions that are not the direction that's going to take you to the success that you desire. And they can derail you for sometimes months, right? If you're talking about launching a product line or launching a new business or, you know, something else, and you're not making a correct decision for you, that can use up time, energy, money, Yes. Focus, you know, all of those things that could be better utilized doing something else if you were just able to make more aligned decisions. A hundred percent. And when we think about decision making, it's such a funny thing because it's it's so simple, but it's it's not easy. And to your point, making aligned decisions, there's two ways to think about it. So Most people are making decisions all the time that they are not aware of. Again, it's like the unconscious program. And you'll know this to be true if you're kind of like, it keeps happening to me or like the same pattern keeps showing up. Before I dive into this, because I don't want to forget the thing that you want to ask yourself when it comes to the upper limits, because I know we left up on that, but something tangible that you should be asking yourself that will be really insightful is that what is the consequence of getting what you want? right? And often we don't think about the consequence, but there is an upper limit consequence waiting for you there. Cause 
we do not move towards consequence as humans, okay, ever. That's not something that we do. That's why we procrastinate if there is a perceived consequence. So look at what is the perceived consequence of getting what you want. And if you're like, there's no consequence, the second side you want to look at it is what is the perceived benefit of staying where you are, right? Especially if you've generated a lot of success and you're like, but I'm comfortable here and I don't want to go through the trudging and the hard work and the struggle again there's going to be some sort of benefit, benefit. Are, right? <laughs> so, okay. So that was one it's thing. Safe. <laughs> yes. It's safe. Exactly. And again, your brain is going to do what is safe, even though logically you want something else, right? You want that bigger thing. Okay. So back to the decision-making, it comes down to really two things. If you really break it down and one is that you're playing to lose or not to lose, you're playing not to lose, or you're playing to win. And when we're playing not to lose, again, this is going to be rooted in subconscious survival. You make decisions so that you don't create conflict, right? If you're someone who hates conflict, you will do anything to avoid conflict. You will avoid difficult conversations. You won't say those new amazing ideas in fear that you'll look stupid. You deep down have a complex that your ideas aren't that good, right? Or that people are going to say that you're dumb in case that you go ahead and do it and it fails, right? You go ahead and procrastinate and you're in analysis paralysis, worrying about all of the things, because again, you don't want to be seen as a failure. You don't want to feel that deep embarrassment and shame. So when you think about decisions not to lose, that's those kinds of decisions. So you'll still be operating in your business, but it's so that you can not feel the pain of rejection and failure. Okay. And again, that's going to be rooted in a lot of validation because for example, I had a woman last week who didn't want to have a difficult conversation with her business partner and she just would never speak up. By speaking up, she finally landed about 1.5 million in funding, right? And it was one decision point away. She just needed to have one difficult conversation, but she was so afraid that she would lose that individual and that would close off the investors X, Y, Z, right? Again, you're playing not to lose. That's not playing to win. When she made that new decision and had the difficult conversation, that was her deciding that she was going to win, right? So that's one side. When you're playing to win, the difference is that the driver is not rooted in fear or need for validation to be liked, to be accepted. The driver is actually now internal. There's this internal well of self-belief and trust, right? Again, this is going to come as a result of subconscious reprogramming. And that internal well is going to be a different driver, which is why many of my clients feel new levels of fulfillment, purpose, uh, personal happiness. Because again, you're not playing not to lose. You're playing as a empowered decision to win. And all of your decisions have a full radical sense of ownership and responsibility and choice. So you feel in control, right? This is what people want. People want to feel in control of their future. This is how you get it, right? So again, when you think about the next decision you make, that's a really important one in your business or personal life or love life. Is it playing not to lose so that you don't get the pain of rejection and failure? Or is it actually playing to win, that type of decision is going to lead you to, a, again, a completely different delta in terms of how far you're going to go with the success that you want to create. So two that. really important things to think about. You guys, that is so good. Are you playing not to lose or are you playing to win? Yeah, it's everything. It it's is. very simple. If you master that, you're golden. 
Um, and there's a huge difference. Like when I yes. think about it, there is such a huge difference huge. to the answers to that question. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, this is incredible. So I know you also wanted to talk about money EQ. What yes. is money EQ? Yeah. So when we talk about money, emotional intelligence, so emotional intelligence is really what makes people successful, right? Uh, when we think about success, Michael Gervais, he's like a really famous performance psychologist. He says, I think it's like 80 or 90% of success is mental, right? As we mentioned, you can have all the strategies in the world, but if your mindset is not behind it, if you have all kinds of limiting disempowered beliefs, you will not take action to move forward. And when we're looking at money EQ specifically, we're looking at the neutrality of money, right? When we think about money, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, it's filled with a lot of like fear and shame and guilt, right? There's just, even though it's like something we really want, but someone like me, my parents grew, came here with $200, so much scarcity and makes sense, right? I totally get it. But everything was through the lens of scarcity, even saving, which yes, that's a very positive, productive thing to do. It was like, if you don't save, you'll end up on the streets. And it was like, just filled with fear. So even though I was like actively doing the behavior of saving me for my future, I was like, oh no, but if I don't do it, I'll die. You know, why is that? Or if you think about getting a huge bill at Whole Foods, and then all of a sudden seeing like the, the final bill, $300, and then you have like a heart attack and you're like, but why? It's just numbers on a screen. I'm getting healthy groceries. And this doesn't happen to me anymore, but I used to always think about that. Or before you press pay, you suddenly feel like your, your body tightening. Why? These are the subconscious programs that essentially when it comes to money, it's either that money is bad or it will make you a bad person. And again, <laughs> Nobody wants to be a bad person deep down. So you will actually start to self-sabotage around opportunities with money, with holding money, with creating money. And you have to start to understand that when you look at money, it shouldn't really feel good or bad. And it doesn't mean that we can't be excited about big sales months and hitting new income goals. But the reality is that money is not good or bad. Money is a completely neutral resource that is meant to be leveraged so that you can generate more wealth, right? Whether that's investing in yourself, in the stock market, in real estate, whatever it might be. But again, as we mentioned, the common theme here is that when we make decisions in survival, in fear, in uh, guilt or shame, anger, they're never the right decisions. You can still get a result, but they're never going to be the highest quality decision for you. And it's also covered in turmoil. Nobody wants to live life like that, right? So when we can undo all of the money trauma, again, we're calm and clear. We can make the best decisions for ourselves, whether that's in business, whether that's in our lives, whether that's in our future. And I'm sure you see it all the time with people investing with you where they're so caught up in like the cost of the investment and whatever it might be. And if that emotion was set aside, would you know that this was the right decision for you? right? The decision becomes a lot easier, but so much fear, all the scarcity comes pouring in. And again, it's not actually happening, right? It's a projection of our past, but will hold us back from making the best decision for us now. And again, everything you have in life is a series of decisions that has led you to this point. So think about where you want to go. That's going to require a different level of decision at a different level of mentality. 
to execute to get you there, right? So money EQ is just the ability to have money neutrality. So again, you are able to make the best decisions from the highest quality state of mind and emotional state for yourself in your future. This is That's huge, you guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if money were neutral, which it is, it is I've said that so many times, but like, if it truly were neutral, then what would you do? Mm-hmm. And that's going to open up a whole can of worms, probably of things for you to look at yes. because we give so much power and importance to money as a society, as a whole. And that rules our decisions is, is the power we give away to yes. money. And so when we can take that power back and understand that money is just money, it's not the end all be all. Again, it's a tool that we can utilize in various ways. Then we're taking the power back from money and we're taking, we're giving it back to ourselves. That's right. And the common theme in everything that we're talking about is that is what you have now, the empowered choice, right? Is it that something else has the power and you feel like a victim and that's what generates those like negative feelings, right? Uh, Which disempowers us from making the best choice for ourselves. And like you said, it's just a tool. So money reprogramming is really essential. And especially when we think about scarcity versus abundance, right? Like abundance mindset, there's two things that you need to recognize. And also, if you want to dive into a lot of this money stuff, I have a weekly newsletter. There's a lot of money workshops and you know little things that you can do to start reprogramming this. But when you think about money reprogramming and abundance, two things are very true, right? Number one, money's never going to run out, right? I have millionaire clients being like, oh my God, I can't afford it. And it's like, <laughs> literally you guys, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You made a million dollars last week. You, what do you mean you can't afford the nanny? Like, you know, they're having freakouts, right? And it's, it's not a real statement, but it's a statement that feels very real because their amygdala is being hijacked because their subconscious program is being like, we're not safe. We can't afford that, right? But not rooted in the reality, but it's impacting their quality of life today and the decisions they make today for them and their families and their futures. So money's never going to run out. It's literally being printed every single second of the day. People are transacting, buying, selling every single second of the day. Like there's money everywhere, right? And that brings me to the next point is that there's a million ways to make money. We get very narrow. And again, this is going to be connected to low self-worth in some aspects. And I use that just as the most polarizing way of just saying it very simply put, but we feel like it has to come in a certain way for us to feel good about ourselves. If it doesn't come through the business, like it's not even, you know, if I get money from my family, it's not the same. It has doesn't to come count. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. <laughs> but it's like money is money, right? And you know, I think about a time when I put everything into my first business and then we went into like a 17 month lockdown, like all of my life savings, everything my parents said not to throw away. Okay. And I didn't have anything. And I started kind of seeing stuff in the coaching world. And I knew I was going to be a hypnotherapist. I had a, you know, a kind of spiritual awakening. And then I was like, okay, so I'm broke. I have no money and okay, but I have amazing credit. 
I have like literally access to like probably like over a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt or like credit card credit. Yes. And then I think I invested about 60 or 70 K in that first four months. And people are like, you know, my programming is like, this is the worst kind of debt to carry. Don't do this. You're going to end your life. But I knew on the other side of that, I was like, but I know that this is temporary. And I know that what I'm investing in is in myself, which I can leverage. Right. Mm -hmm. And in that first year alone, I made more than six figures. So, you know, we have to get out of the current way that we think about money and thinking about like all the millionaires I know have tons of debt, but again, it's being leveraged. It's not on, I mean, they have Lamborghinis and stuff like that too, but you know, how are you leveraging the money again as a tool? Right. So that's kind of the point I wanted to make around like really abundant mindset that even if you know there, you have nothing to lose, there's always another opportunity. There's always more money. And if you can be more open to the possibility of how it can come to you and knowing that the reality is there, like if I were to lose everything tomorrow, like I could get a job at Starbucks across the street, nothing wrong with Starbucks. Just, I just know that there's more money. I could in theory go home if I wanted to, like I could liquidate some investments. Like there is options, right? But knowing that you have that safety is going to allow you to continue moving forward. Mm-hmm. We live in a time where there's infinite ways so to many. make money. I mean, you can you can make money in ways you have no idea about. Yeah, you can I sell mean, fee pictures. So many, this is so People funny. are making millions on fee pictures, guys. Did you <laughs> oh just say fee pictures? Because that. I was just going to bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> so we were on, I don't know what we were on the other night, but my husband was like, you could take pictures of your feet and post them on this website and people will pay you for pictures of your feet. And I'm like, what? Like, what is this? Yes. He's like, what? Thing. I'm like, oh my God. No, like, people are literally making hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars doing this. Like anything is possible. Okay. So when you're feeling in doubt, know that you at least have that. You guys, um, you can take pictures of your feet and people will pay you, apparently. Not me, but yeah. there are people out there who <laughs> Something just- for everyone, right? Yeah. And again, see, there's so feet. much opportunity. Um, <laughs> the, the one last thing I kind of wanted to talk about, this is you know, the positive thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Like what makes hypnosis different and why I have a stance, a little stance against affirmations, right? And, you know, people are, people really struggle with positive thinking. They're like, I'm thinking all the positive thoughts. I'm chanting all the affirmations. Like I'm doing all the things like, well, why do I still feel so scared or stressed or nervous or worried? And when we think about positive thinking and negative thinking, it takes five positive thoughts to offset one negative thought. Okay. So why do we care about that? When you think about having a negative thought, like you see some sort of trigger, like some balance in the bank account or whatever it might be, that negative thought starts to create a cascade of negative thoughts. So much so that you may not even know that there is a train of thoughts. You just instantly feel scared, right? Or instantly feel anxious or instantly feel stressed. And it's such a memorized behavior. It's like so automatic. You don't even have to think about it. It just happens, the state. So when we think about one negative thought, oh my God, the bank, oh my God, what if I can't make it this month? What if it's a bad month? What if I can't do it? What if I'm not good enough? What if I feel like cascade, right? Getting out of that hole is going to require a lot of positive thinking. Okay. Knowing the five to one ratio, the problem and the mistake that 99% of people are making is that they're trying to change their thoughts. 
right? They're trying to like make positive thoughts and all of the things and try not to think the negative thoughts. But the reality is that thought actually is not the problem. Your thoughts are not your problem. It is the belief that creates the thought, right? So when we think we have to go deeper, right? This is why it's it's almost like pointless trying to like fix your negative thoughts. And we have to go to the belief, which resides in your subconscious mind. This is why hypnotherapy is so powerful is because when we look at the belief, right? If we have a limiting belief that creates a negative thought, which then creates a disempowered state, like feeling bad about yourself or feeling stressed or scared, which then leads to self-sabotage, you know, not moving forward, procrastination, analysis, paralysis, just moving against the goals that you want. So when we go in and change and essentially eliminate the negative limiting belief and put a empowering belief for you instead, again, that chain of reaction is going to be very different. You're going to have an empowering belief, which is going to lead to a positive thought, positive feeling, leading to empowered action, right? Massive action in your business and life. And that's why even when a negative thought comes in, because the belief at the core is positive, empowering, this is why many of my clients after honestly a couple of weeks are like, it just seems to bounce away as if it was never mine or it's not real because we actually have to fix things at the root. So when you think about positive thinking, think about changing your beliefs, right? This is what's going to matter. And it's what is the foundation that is required for a really strong mindset that's going to be resilient, adaptable, and really designed to win. And I think something important to note here too, is that thoughts and beliefs are different. Mm -hmm. And thoughts, I always say this, but thoughts are just thoughts. A lot yes. of time we think our thoughts are us, like mm -hmm. they're, they're synonymous. We are our thoughts, but the truth is we are separate from our thoughts are just, yes. our thoughts are just thoughts. They come and go. And when we can disconnect from our thoughts, can, when we can distance ourselves from our thoughts and understand that my thought isn't me, I am not the thought. It's just a thought then I feel like it's easier to do this work and understanding that a thought and a belief are different, right? Like yes. a belief is a thought we've had thousands and thousands and thousands That's and thousands right. of times that is so strong that it becomes a belief. <laughs> yes, yes. And so when we can change the belief, then the association of that negative thought, again, which is not your identity, it's just a thought. You've created a negative association with that thought, which then leads to disempowerment, right? And lack of action and self-sabotage. When we can just absolve that, the thought will just be a thought and will pass by just like the way that you probably don't think about going to the bathroom 20 times today. Okay. Just a thought. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, just, it has no meaning, right? So we have to dissociate, which is what I do with my clients, dissociate the negative association so that those negative thoughts just have no charge anymore and have no more control over your life. This sounds so fantastic. I have one question for you. Yes. Have you ever had a client who's super, super pessimistic about this or yes. super like this? <laughs> I don't think this is going to work for me. This is not going to like I'm here. But I don't really think this is going to work. <laughs> yeah. So usually by the time people find me, they've tried everything. Okay. They've done years of therapy. They've done mindset coaching, performance coaching. They've done ice baths and journaling and like everything <laughs> under the sun. Okay. Even psychedelics, which actually can help amplify the work that I do. But in any case, they kind of know they, they, they've, they've arrived here being like so ready for change. But also, of course, there is this 
kind of elusive quality to what I do, right? Because we're like, okay, we're reprogramming your mind. They were changing the neuroplasticity. And like, people are like, what does that even mean, right? Mm -hmm. And ultimately I'm helping people change their behaviors to be empowering and productive for their future. Uh, Not just the thoughts, we're changing your actual behavior, which is your, in turn, what you create in your reality. And there are a couple conditions for people when I'm working with them that will determine if I will take them on. Number one is that they are at least open. They don't have to necessarily believe, but they're open to the possibility that it could work. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I've had very many of the men I work with, very analytical minds, right? Not super into spirituality, right? But they are ready, so ready for change that they are willing to give it a try, right? And so those are the two conditions that you're open to the possibility of and that you are very ready to make this change for yourself. 99% of the time, it always works. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Okay, this has been just absolutely phenomenal. You have given us so much knowledge, so much wisdom, shared so much of your expertise. This conversation has just blown my mind and I do this work. It's just so cool to hear it from a different perspective. I believe that we all bring our own unique perspective to this and our own ways of talking about it. And sometimes it's just hearing it in a new way or hearing it in a different way, hearing hearing just the way someone says it, the tone they use, the the stories that they share, that is the thing, right? Like how many times have we said, I've heard it so many times, but the way that person said it just clicked. So I, I have loved this, Kira. I know that everyone listening wants more of this. So please, please, please tell us where we can find you, how my audience can work with you. Give us all of the things. Yeah, absolutely. So I am found at I am Kira Yang. So that's K-Y-R-A-Y-A-N-G. My primary home is Twitter, uh, but you can also find me on Instagram. And then if you are interested in just diving a bit deeper, I have a newsletter that comes out Saturday, just once a week. It's a little mini brain training to help you start reprogramming around success and money. And that is winwithkira.com forward slash reprogram. Okay. Well, I will include all of those things in the show notes so you guys don't have to go searching for them. Just scroll down and you'll <laughs> find all of Kira's information down there. Thank you so much for coming on. This was thank wonderful. You. I have truly enjoyed this. And yes, thank you so much. So thanks so much, Lauren. That is all we have for you today, guys. I will talk to you at our next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, had a breakthrough or an aha moment, be sure to share it with me through a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are what help the podcast reach more women who want to create more success and wealth with more ease. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me at Lauren underscore Francois for more tips, wisdom, and behind the scenes content. And don't forget to check out the show notes for any links referenced and the current ways we can work together. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to connect in our next episode.